welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Early in the year, I had a chance to sit with many of our leaders as we celebrated 50 years of ministry with Samaritan's Purse. These conversations were encouraging, but when COVID-19 hit, we were flooded with content regarding the responses that Samaritan's Purse was making. So we're excited to get back to the heart of our leadership as their words and testimony offer encouragement and hope today. Ron Wilcox serves as the Chief Operating Officer for Samaritan's Purse. He initially came as an internal auditor over 15 years ago. Listen as Ron shares how God called him out of a long career in corporate work to do kingdom work here at Samaritan's Purse. He gives great insight on his many years of ministry and leadership. Thanks, Ron, for joining me. Okay, thanks, Christy. Um, that's a long story. <laughs> We've got time for that, but uh, basically, I. God led me into a uh, career in public accounting. Mm. I was the uh, was a certified public accountant. It goes back even goes back to uh, a lady you've already interviewed, Susan Wilcox, my wife. Uh, we started dating in high school and uh, fell in love. Got married after my sophomore year in college, and then. Uh, as I was graduating, uh, preparing to graduate as accounting major, um, her mother called uh, Dick Capen, Mr. Capen of uh, Capen Krause, said, hey, I've got a son, uh, son-in-law that's graduating mm-hmm. accounting major, could you use somebody? He, uh, he reached out and I joined him and uh, joined the firm of Capen Krause. I was with them for roughly uh, 20 years, partnered with them and uh, just really, uh, Dick Capen was my mentor. Uh, he both in the business aspect and in uh, Christian aspect, as far as uh, just speaking into my life, and had a huge impact. So I did that uh, again. Prepared me um, for business, you know, running accounting firm. Uh, I spun off and then had my own firm for about eight years. But Susan and I had been praying about. We felt that Lord calling us uh, to full time kingdom work. We'd been involved in our church, our local congregation. We led youth for years and years, both junior and senior high, uh, active in leadership in the church, but just felt there was more that God was calling us to. And then uh, we started probably in 1993, uh, praying earnestly. We looked at some mission organizations then, but we had two teenage children, two preteens, and they felt probably not the right time to do that. So we listened to them rather than God and uh, didn't go. But then uh, God kept dealing with us. Susan and I, even had, we were doing separate devotions and we remember the time we were just sharing that uh, we're both, so ended up both being on Abraham about God called him to leave it, leave everything, leave home mm-hmm. and family. And he did and, and we were just sharing with each other. And it was at the same time we were doing separate devotional studies, but both mm-hmm. on that theme, both have us centered on that theme. So we, uh, again, as our, we have three sons and a daughter. Our daughter's our youngest. As she was uh, finishing high school, we, we uh, felt this was the time. I even did about 24 hours on a Master of Divinity degree. Mm-hmm. And I like that, just to see where the Lord would take it. Uh, really kind of thinking we might be going full-time mission work, be on the field, and then come back and do administrative work or something like that in their, in their uh, uh, international headquarters. And just didn't know where it would be, but just opening up to see what the Lord would do. When we took our daughter to college at Anderson University in Anderson, Indiana, we stopped back by uh, Dick and Jean Capen's house in Indianapolis and just shared with them. And we'd, be, we, you know, we'd kept that relationship going. We were from mm-hmm. the same hometown. Uh, he knew Susan since she was a baby. They'd gone to the same home church. So we had that, that tie and that connection. But just stopped and shared with he and Jean and just, you know, the Lord was dealing, calling us and to full-time. We didn't know what that looked like, but just be praying for us and, and help us if he gives us any direction. And he said, let me pray about it, but I might have an idea. Hmm. And uh, he called me probably a couple weeks later and said, well, Samaritan's Purse, 
I might be interested. I said, <laughs> you know, no way. We're just, you know, uh, just a farm family, small, you know, from rural Southern Illinois. But uh, he said, no, pray about it and see. But they had an opening come up for an internal audit position. Mm -hmm. So here I could take what I've been doing my career for like mm -hmm. 28 years mm -hmm. and take that skill set and bring it in and use it for kingdom work. So it's just it's neat to see how God does that working. But even to go back and look at that phone call my mother-in-law mm -hmm. made to put me in touch mm -hmm. with Dick Capon and then, you know, almost 30 years down the road, it leads to a, a position here at uh, Samaritan's Purse because Mr. Capon's been integral in, in, in mm -hmm. the life and, and uh, in Franklin's ministry here and just in speaking in the ministry as far from a business aspect and business mm -hmm. principle-wise and and uh, just to see how that God brought that about. But that's that's how we ended up out here. Mm -hmm. So we, we made the need known, prayed about it, and then uh, they invited us out to uh, come and uh, join the ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you shared that because Susan was actually our first guest. Okay. Uh, if, if people want to go back and listen to the second episode, Susan, <laughs> and she shared a little bit of that, but you're giving, I think, more details and it's exciting. That's why mm -hmm. we always like to know how people came to Samaritan's Purse because right. I think God leads us. Right. Sometimes takes longer, but right. now looking back, you can see the weave. Right, exactly. Uh, deeper. And exactly. And it was you know just amazing to see how, again, it wasn't wasted uh, mm -hmm. 28 years. Right, right. Um, God could use that and then with the with the skill set you gain as a CPA and in, in public accounting, mm -hmm. it can it can prepare you for a lot of different uh, different approaches, different uh, different aspects, and mm -hmm. so yeah, just, you know, d God doesn't waste anything. Right, right, exactly. And so when Susan was here, she explained, you know, that you did you get to, you got to travel quite a bit early on. So can you talk to me about that traveling? Because I think you've seen mm -hmm. so many projects of Samaritan's Purse, and you see the deep, you know, right. nitty gritty. Um, can you talk to us about that? Right, it was. Um, in the internal audit role, again, we were looking to see uh, again that we were doing the uh, we were following policy procedure, and uh, uh, again, high accountability. Franklin mm -hmm. is strong on that, mm -hmm. as far as we want to be accountable and uh, good stewards of what we have. So we're going out to make sure that the uh, practices, the controls we have in place, are being followed, and the reports we get back for the field are accurate. So that it involved both work with our international field project offices. I traveled to all but about two of those, and then uh, uh, Operation Christmas Child shoebox distributions, uh, working with all the departments here. So I did that for about six and a half years. So it gave me, you know, uh, insight to the ministry, how it operated, how it flowed. Uh, it really helped me as I moved into the new role. Then mm -hmm. understood uh, how the how how it operated. We we traveled probably thirty different countries. Um, I was up until I changed the role. Was traveling about one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty days a year. Wow! But uh, again, we loved it. Uh, Franklin was. Uh, we were very blessed. We'd ask. Uh, when I joined the ministry, if uh, Susan could travel with me at our expense, and he graciously agreed to that. Mm -hmm. So probably about two thirds of the trips she made with me. So it mm -hmm. gave her insight to mm -hmm. uh, know how to pray and, and just be involved, engaged in the ministry, even though she wasn't actually gainfully employed mm -hmm. by uh, Samaritan's Purse. She uh, she could see it front line. Mm -hmm. She'd go out and have the fun, you know, the fun times. I'd be back doing the accounting right. work, but uh, uh, you know, Susan and uh, she flourished in that role. So when you came, that was 15 years ago, correct? Or 16? Oh, 17. Okay. Yeah, six, 16 years ago, okay, 2004, so 16, March, now, of, March of 04. Can you remember, because now we have, what, 17 country offices? Right. Uh, four affiliate offices. So what right. did it look like then, and how has it changed? We were around that, probably about 13 to 15 field offices, so the, okay. not, not much expansion there. Franklin's tried to, you know, we want to try to keep it in the 18 to 20 range, so we, we've continued that. So. Um, 
I think we've expanded the the, the scope of operations. So when you mm -hmm. add the, the field hospital, mm -hmm. the medical side, um, there's been you know significant expansion that way. I think we've gone gone uh, deeper, uh, more prevalent in the programs we're doing, especially feeding programs, uh, medical side and like that. So it's about probably the same number of countries, but what mm -hmm. we do within the countries has mm -hmm. grown significantly. Um, Operation Christmas Child, again, maybe we were, what, Two to two and a half, three million boxes when we came. So you see, mm -hmm. we're now we're at uh, you know worldwide ten and a half, ten point six, whatever the number is, and mm -hmm. uh, um, you know just just the expansion there. And then the disaster relief side. We were mm -hmm. when I came, I think we were two two disaster units. Now we're at eight. Uh, you know, five in North Wilkesboro, two in Texas, and one in California. So the scope has uh, mm -hmm. uh, expanded significantly. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to me? I know Susan shared quite a bit when you did switch roles to, you know, when you got asked to be the chief operating officer and how that that really did change things. Can you talk to us about that? What did what did the shift look like? Did you travel less? Because you said you were traveling quite a bit. Um, how, how did you handle the change? It was interesting. Well, big mistake. I didn't call Susan first before I accepted the job. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I called her right after that, but uh, mm -hmm. it was interesting how, how it came about. She was back in Illinois and I had mm -hmm. come back out here and then was asked to step into the role. So mm -hmm. I called her immediately, but uh, no, it was, uh, she, she reminds me of that. But uh, <laughs> um, it caught me by surprise. I wasn't mm -hmm. anticipating that. You know, I was content in the role and felt God. You know, God was using me in that role in the mm -hmm. internal audit side, and uh, we had expanded. I, uh, we'd brought on Donna Pierce at that point, and uh, um, you know, the role was expanding. But you know, I was content in that. But then Franklin asked me to step in mm -hmm. interim basis wise into the COO role. Um, so again, I just wanted to be willing servant and. Uh, trusting in his, that God had spoken to his heart and, and going with that way. So we agreed to do that. Mm -hmm. What it looked like was then I was more with the day-to-day -day operations mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is, you know, we, we, we've been fortunate to get out two to three times a year on travel, but uh, principally it's here and making sure it's mm -hmm. what Franklin, uh, as he cast his vision, make sure that gets carried out. And I love how you said, you know, the Lord doesn't waste things and he prepares mm -hmm. you because um, you probably wouldn't have chosen this role. <laughs> you probably, mm -hmm. um, but you, now you can see the way that the Lord prepared you. Right, right. I think if you look at it, especially the public accounting side, when you're, you know, running a, a public accounting office, you're managing, you know, two, three, four hundred clients. Uh, a lot of things going on, uh, shifting left to right, meeting the deadlines, and all like mm -hmm. that. So, you know, uh, that's constant. Uh, we mm -hmm. were heavy in uh, accounting, bookkeeping, and tax work. I did probably about twenty-five percent audit work, but again, it prepares you mm -hmm. for it to be able, be able to handle um, or, or, or deal with. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, constantly changing situations and, and crises that might come up. Mm -hmm. But you you did step into a role unexpectedly. And I, I, I think of Moses, you know, and I, I love the way Jethro came to him, mm -hmm. you know, and said, what you're doing is not right. You know, he was overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. He was dealing with the people, just mm -hmm. managing too much. Cause I think he walked into a role unexpectedly. And he said, you know, you need to delegate, you need to put people around you. What mm -hmm. did you do? Or, or were you just kind of putting out fires, reacting? Were you able to kind of, wisely um, have counsel? Yes, I think part of the advantage of stepping into the COO role from being internal audit, I knew everybody. Mm -hmm. I'd worked with the leaders, I'd worked mm -hmm. with all the vice presidents. Mm -hmm. So we had a relationship already, mm -hmm. I wasn't coming in cold. Okay. So we had a trust level developed. But then again, I leaned heavily on the Lord and heavily on Mr. Capon. Mm -hmm. We'd have, you know, 
probably usually daily phone calls, mm -hmm. uh, seeking his in input. Uh, Phyllis Payne was another key one to speak mm -hmm. into me. Again, trusting the ones that have been here that knew Franklin's heart, knew the ministry, but uh, again, I don't pretend that I have all the answers. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not afraid to ask questions. And so it was going, uh, but relying on, uh, you know, a lot with on Mr. Capon. Mm -hmm. And so in ministry work, I know it can get, you can get weary, you know, you can get tired. There are spiritual attacks. Um, it is a heavy load. Um, how do you keep walking the faith, you know, and keep the course? Be in the word and prayer. And then again, I think for us, what's worked is it's it's with Susan and I have a uh, that relationship that we share and uh, we work together with, it's a partnership. We've done that in all our work with the ministry. Again, she may not be employed, but she's a valuable piece of, uh, and part of what I do and uh, what we do here. And uh, it's that partnership that keeps it, you know, keeps it going. She, she can see, she knows me better than anybody. And if I start steering wrong, she can, uh, she's got that gift of discernment and uh, can get me back on the right path. But I think it's being open and honest. Um, again, I, uh, and being open to share from your heart. You know, if, if you're struggling, I've got, you know, I've got the, the two gentlemen from my church. I've got a few other dear friends, VP wives that I can go to and, uh, they're watching out for me. Mm -hmm. And it's being open that way. And, and I admit, I don't have all the answers, but you gotta trust the Lord, he does, and uh, just keep relying on him. Because mm -hmm. that's also what I wanted to know, what you would say to people that are thinking about ministry. You know, mm -hmm. most of the people that listen to this are already serving, um, but there are some that maybe, and especially the new apprentices that we're sending, what would you say to them about ministry? Because you, you went from a corporate, or mm -hmm. civilian world to ministry? What was the change? The big impact for me was about the kingdom work. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I was fulfilled. We were reasonably successful on the counting side and, and, and had what we thought was a good life, but that was the missing piece was a kingdom impact. Mm -hmm. And that's what's been the difference in coming with Samaritan's Purse because that's what we're about. And I think one of the key, Susan may have shared in her podcast, I don't remember, but as, as the Lord, as we were making this transition, uh, three key words, surrender, trust, and obey. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, the Lord just laid that on our hearts, and that's what we follow. You know, we uh, applied, or you know, applied in our lives as we came out here and made the adjustment, and that's and that's carried through as we go. Mm -hmm. Surrender, I, trust, and obey. That's really good. I'm clinging to that because Edward and I are still in that transition. You right. know, we left a civilian world, and, right. and same thing. It was wonderful, but and we were, you know, successful in the world's eyes. Mm -hmm. But coming here, we've realized. I mean, we're building a kingdom mm -hmm. beyond this world now. Mm -hmm. And it is exciting and challenging, but it, it does come with a cost. I think it is hard, you know, right. there's spiritual warfare. Um, and I think those three things are, yeah, great to cling to. And is there a scripture that has been particularly, I know it probably changes with seasons, but something you cling to? No, it still uh, goes back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Mm -hmm. Trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Mm -hmm. And we've, that's been my favorite. I shared, I was, uh, on the school board for about 16 years back in our hometown and uh, would uh, was president for about half of that time and would uh, challenge the graduates each year at graduation with that verse. Mm. It's, 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 it's impacted me my whole life. And then God's proven faithful. I can't do this on my own. I, you know, we, Susan and I still kind of pinch ourselves. You could believe what we're doing or you know, what God's allowed us to do. And we, I, can't, I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, Got to rely on God to do that and provide um, but again, Franklin's leadership has been strong. He's he's been supportive the whole way through, um, and the the leadership here they've been uh, so gracious, so accepting. 
good friends and, and I can, you know, even I ask them to hold me accountable mm-hmm. and we have that relation. We have an open relationship, open and honest relationship, I feel. And you mentioned, uh, I know in the early years, Susan was able to travel with you and get mm-hmm. to see that, but now you don't travel as much, correct? That's correct. And I know. So how, how does that change your marriage even? Cause I think that is something I'm seeing when I do get to go or when I do get a better glimpse, it's easier to pray and, and be right. on the same page. But when you're not, she has, uh, we still have several, most of them more, more domestic side, especially mm-hmm. Operation Christmas Child and, and then uh, the, the disaster relief pieces and all like that. We've had opportunity with that. And, uh, you know, she's the CHO, mm-hmm. right? Chief Hugging Officer for uh, <laughs> Samaritan's Purse. So she, she still has that engagement, mm-hmm. that opportunity to engage. Um, it's harder, mm-hmm. but I think, uh, you know, what they've done with the spousal support group mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, she was one of the... Uh, once initiated that, and then uh, several other ladies coming alongside her, but that's that's helped her keep involved, engaged. But it's not, you mm-hmm. know, I, I admit it's not the same as when we're out mm-hmm. there on the field. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to ask, because for those that are listening that did, don't get to travel, and that's part mm-hmm. of why I had a heart to do this podcast, because you're just as much a part of the ministry. Right. You just are a lot of the background, and you don't get to go and mm-hmm. see it. But for the spouses that do travel a lot, it is hard, you know, mm-hmm. to feel like you're not in the game. I always say, I feel like I'm benched, you know, yeah. <laughs> like put me in coach, you know, right. you want to be a part of that, and you want to carry that burden for your spouse. So mm-hmm. I guess, are there specific ways that you do that? Do you study scripture together? What? How do you keep engaged, and how do you allow her to be a part of it? Because you can't share everything with her. Or do you? Yeah, I can. <laughs> well, she's again. She's one. Of, she's my prayer warrior, uh-huh. and she's my support. That's you know. I go to her, and uh, I trust her. God's gifted her with a keen sense of discernment mm-hmm. and spiritual insight, mm-hmm. and so she's one of the first ones. Other than Mr. Cape, and she's one. Of the, you know, mm-hmm. she's one I would go to with that. I trust her. Again, uh, we pray for each other daily, obviously, and uh, but again, I trust uh, as God speaks to her. I, I'm not afraid to to let her know and, and ask her wisdom and, and insight on that. So, keeping her engaged that way, um, you know, we miss the field obviously because you're you know front line and mm-hmm. and have the the uh, the experience on that. She loves anytime we can get out. But again, uh, I don't have any problem with sharing with her. We've been a part. It's been uh, a partnership all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost 46 years in May. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I don't want to change that. It's mm-hmm. worked. Mm-hmm. God's blessed it. And can you talk to me about your family? Because I know you're a grandfather. Mm-hmm. You guys have grandchildren, some local, some far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have three sons. Uh, oldest, uh, Ronnie, is uh, Kankakee, Illinois, just south of Chicago. He's in uh, school administration. He's an athletic director for the district. Married, he has five children. Four girls with a new one. Four girls and one boy. Wow. And then uh, Greg is—he's uh, in our hometown in Mount Carmel, Illinois. He's a CPA with his own accounting practice, and uh, he's married and has two boys. And then uh, Travis is our youngest son. He's in nursing, and he's a, a case administrator in the emergency room. He—he um, he is uh, married and has three children, two girls and a boy. And then Jessica is our daughter, and uh, her and her husband Jeremy live here in Boone. Mm-hmm. He's engaged with the ministry in disaster relief as a church coordinator, and uh, they have two sons. Mm-hmm. So 12, yeah, 12 grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Well, it must be hard because some don't live here, so to right, not get to hard. see them as often. We and... keep the roads hot. We put on a lot of miles. Yeah, yes. We just awesome. got back at 1030 last night. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? Well, that's what I wondered because you run a busy schedule, you know, and you can't go see them all the time, and that must be hard. We do, Susan, uh, the Lord's blessed. And uh, like this past week, she drove back on Tuesday. I flew in and joined her Friday, so I had a short time, but we we try to maximize the time. That's awesome. They're a blessing. 
That's awesome. Well, circling back to your early travels, um, I know you probably don't have a favorite place, but is there a story that in particular you've seen the Lord work um, in a way that they didn't have a need and they got one or, you know, a time where you got to see it firsthand as you were traveling? It's really more on the domestics where I saw the Lord move. Hmm. Uh, again, was the Ebola hmm. situation when we were dealing with uh, uh, Kent Brantley and uh, Ken Isaacs and Franklin and I had, we're meeting back at the boardroom and then uh, the critical time when, you know, the, the fever spiked, we know we're going to get the uh, vaccine in mm-hmm. in time, but just see how God moved, especially, you know, when Franklin had shared about, he went back into his office and prayed, mm-hmm. felt the darkness coming over the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were in spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and uh, to him to be so real with that and then to see how the Lord worked, that was that's probably my years, that's been the most impactful just to see how the Lord took a what could have been a, a grave situation. You know, we, we what, Lord, what are you doing? The flights were delayed. You know, mm-hmm. get the vaccine over. Melissa mm-hmm. remembers this, but uh, just to see how the Lord moved and how uh, he got the, the Lord got the glory and honor from it. But Franklin, his sincerity to you know the earnestness in prayer and seeking the Lord out and see how the Lord moved. Uh, I'll never forget that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine being a part of the leadership in that situation. Um, yeah, begin how God orchestrated it all, and we give we give Him all the honor and glory. I mean, there's been you know any OCC distribution time. Oh, another favorite one mm-hmm. was uh, OCC distribution in Indonesia, and uh, Mama Hannah was the national leadership chairman, and she had uh, this was in the internal audit role, and we went into a village. They had a dialogue. She set up a dialogue with the uh, religious leaders, uh, the Iman. I think about five to seven years before had. Uh, killed the pastor and then uh, tore the church down, mm. but they allowed us to come in for a dialogue. And so she was up front, the leader, other leader was there and they and the whole community was there, probably about, I don't know, probably about a hundred people or so. And then we had brought in the boxes as well, but they had you know very productive time, productive meetings, we were on the front row. And then we did the shoebox <laughs> distribution. They came back, gathered again, the whole community together after we'd done the distribution. And it was just, I mean, the kids loved it, obviously, the, the mothers loved it. But there was one of the, the men uh, stood up and said, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You're teaching the children Western ways. This is wrong. We need to take the gifts back. The mothers in unison stood up, said, no, 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 this has been good. And then another young man in the back stood up and he was sobbing. And he said, you know, I've been taught all my life that this is wrong, that Westerners are wrong, Christianity mm-hmm. is wrong, but I see all you bring is love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mama Hannah had me go back and hug uh, hug the man, you know, just just love on him and give him a hug. And just you know, tremendous time to see how God moved in that. But through that, they were able to have, I think probably dozens of other these, these uh, dialogues after that, you know, that one time with how God moved in that time. But again, we're reaching a dark, dark area. Mm. It was powerful to see. Wow. That is really neat to see God intervene. Yeah. And that's what I wondered, how have things changed? Because I know the mission of Samaritan's Purse has not changed, has not wavered. But now that people know where we stand, mm-hmm. does that sometimes cause conflict? It it does. It does. As, uh, you know, Franklin just had shared in devotions today about the uh, conflict in the UK with the tour coming up and opposition to uh, to him and the stand and so you know the stands we've taken. But again, we're going to be. That's why I'm here. If we ever change from proclaiming the gospel, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's I, I'd be gone. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps us here. Uh, you know what the message is going to be. I believe with all my heart. That's why God's kept His hand a blessing on it is because we're faithful about that gospel proclamation. Again, that's what I'm excited about. That's that's why I'm here. That's why I want to be a part of it. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, and as we close, I know we always ask 
for a prayer request from, you know, but you get to see, I think, <laughs> all the aspects of the ministry. So how can we strategically be praying um, these next few weeks? Just some key opportunities as far as um, in Africa, you obviously uh, potential with Sudan, with uh, Ken Isaacs, Gary Lundstrom, Franklin's engagement there, but huge potential there, not only for just kingdom work, but for nation uh, building and reconciliation. Um, obviously, Franklin with the UK tour, opportunities there with the gospel. Well, that's awesome. We just we appreciate it because I think HP, you know, everybody has a different vantage point mm -hmm. in the ministry and more heavy burdens on their heart. But mm -hmm. we just wanted to hear that from you, and we appreciate you sharing personal side and the ministry side, and just taking the time for us today. So okay. thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I loved hearing the way that God led and prepared both Ron and Susan's heart for ministry. He left a very successful career as the Lord prompted his heart to serve in full-time ministry. I hope that you were encouraged to hear his servant's heart and as he leads Samaritan's Purse with a commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love the key words that he lives by, surrender, trust, and obey. And I wanna close with a scripture that reminds me of those words. Psalm 46 through eight talks about how God doesn't want our sacrifice, but he wants our obedience. And when we seek his word and instruction for our lives, we will overflow in all that we do. Psalm 46 says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened, burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I did not restrain my lips. Again, thanks for tuning in. I hope you were challenged by Ron and I just loved hearing more of his heart and more of his testimony. Um, and again, like God's word says, um, we need to know God's word so that we can testify to it. Thanks again for tuning in and have a great week.